Good evening, everyone, and a warm, warm welcome to our Aries Full Moon Meeting, which has been held in the Lucis Trust Library, and simultaneously via Zoom. The actual time of the full moon is tomorrow morning at 4.34 GMT, 5.34 BST. So we are working within the flow of spiritual energies, influencing the consciousness of human minds and hearts. The purpose of the talks that are given prior to the full moon meeting are to enable us to come together as a group, uplifting the mind and quietening the emotions in order to become receptive to the spiritual inflow that carries the specific qualities of the constellation influencing the particular month. Aries is especially significant in the monthly cycle of full moon meditations, as it is the Easter festival, the first of the three major spiritual festivals which are the high point in the annual cycle. These are the festival of Easter at the Aries full moon, the festival of Wesak at the Taurus full moon, and the festival of goodwill at the Gemini full moon. Through the steady persistent meditation work of many individuals and groups in all parts of the world, these festivals help to achieve a subjective spiritual anchorage in human consciousness. Festivals are a time of joy and celebration, a festive occasion pertaining to a feast, although in terms of the full moon work, the feast is one of spiritual sustenance, where hearts and minds come together to let in the light. Whilst Easter is a Christian festival, its origins, origins go far back in time and have connections with the word East and the rising sun, the goddess of fertility and spring in the Northern Hemisphere. Esoterically, Aries is known as the festival of the risen, living Christ, and we meditate on its principle of resurrection into greater life. Christ in us, the hope and glory becomes a touchstone of our deep reflections. And gradually through systemic and rhythmic meditation, the individual escapes the confines of the lower self and enters into the inspirational life of the soul. For all enlightened and liberated beings, the personality's subjective crucifixion and death leads to the renewal of consciousness and a life of spiritual purpose and expression. Aries is a sign of beginnings, of commencement, as the Christ or soul consciousness seeks liberation from the prison house of the form. The impulse that drove Hercules forward to complete his 12 labors. And in the book, The Labors of Hercules by Alice Bailey, there's a vivid account of the journey of the soul as it incarnates progressively through the 12 signs of the zodiac. Hercules depicted the prodigal son's journey back to the father's house and the tests and trials that face all aspirants. This symbolic account of the journey towards greater light can be related to all world faiths and all peoples, whether they are religious or not, for each human being, the soul in incarnation in a physical body, eventually 
has to undertake the tests and trials that will bring the awakening of the soul and the inner light. The soul is the real self and is the Christ principle and its many names confirm its freedom from religious, religious dogma and its inclusiveness. For example, the higher self, the God within, the inner reality, the master within the heart, the thinker, the solar angel, the observer, the son of mind. According to the Irish wisdom teachings, there are two souls. The soul on its own plane, completely free from the control of matter and form, unencumbered by time and space. Then there is the soul in incarnation, immersed in form, limited in time and space, believing that it is reality, and which has been vividly described for us as the imprisoned splendour. That is not to say the material form is something to be devalued. On the contrary, it's intended to be an instrument to express the purpose of the higher soul. This applies to all of humanity, all peoples, races and faiths, and nations too. It could be said that this purpose is an inevitable part of the evolutionary journey in the descent of spirit into matter and the return journey in ascending towards the spiritual realms with the resurrection of the spiritual nature. This is the process expressing love and light through the highest moral principles and spiritual values, bringing right relations, justice and decency. And in relation to spirit and matter, let us reflect on a passage from the book Initiation, Human and Solar by Alice Bailey, and I quote here. Life we look upon as the one form of existence, manifesting in what is called matter, or what incorrectly separating them, we name spirit, soul and matter, in man. Matter is the vehicle of a manifestation of soul on this plane of existence. Soul is the vehicle for the manifestation of spirit. And these three as a trinity are synthesized by life, which pervades them all. From this esoteric perspective, it becomes clear that the imprisoned splendor referred to by Robert Browning in Paracelsus and by Rainer C. Johnson in the book of that name is a soul in incarnation whose life purpose is to rise from the prison walls of form not to escape to some mystical place of peace and tranquility, but to let in the light and serve humanity. Humanity is a wonderfully diverse species, and life brings the entire range of emotions, love, joy, enthusiasm, and conversely pain, suffering, and sadness. As the soul awakens from its slumber, each individual is offered a tremendous vision of higher possibilities and of responsibilities of restoring the plan on earth. There is recognition of new ideas that serve the greater good through the expression of soul qualities and principles. 
the imprisoned splendor awakens or makes his presence known. This, of course, is not a once in a lifetime experience if we accept the workings of the laws of rebirth and karma. For the soul incarnates countless times. Looking back over history, we can see that great changes of consciousness have taken place, resulting in increased knowledge and understanding of the world, yet offset by terrible things that mankind has inflicted on itself and the kingdoms of nature. One of the most significant developments has been to do with the mind and its ingenuity on the one hand and its capacity for cruelty on the other. Energy follows thought and conditions life and events. So events taking place today have their cause in the thoughts and desires of the past. Whilst it is of little value dwelling negatively on the past, whether individually or collectively, valuable lessons can be learned from a detached review of the motives and causes behind events. Along the lines of the spiritual practice known as the evening or daily review, which draws on lessons learned to create a better tomorrow. We know that the human mind can achieve amazing things. One recent example being the feat of adjusting the complex protective sun shield on the James Webb telescope. The sun shield component attaches to the main spacecraft and its booms expand outward, spreading out the heat shield and separating the layers. During launch, the shield was folded up. Later, when in space, it was carefully unfurled. A highly complex operation. These technological advances can be taken for granted. And we may forget that scientists have designed and constructed them through the imagination and ingenuity. Now let us pause for a few moments and then say together the great invocation. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend from the point of love within the heart of God. Let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to us. From the center where the will of God is met. Let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the Master knows and serves. From the centre which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out. And may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on
the first stanza of the great indication refers to the minds of men which brings us back to the keynote for Aries which is I come forth and from the plane of mind I rule the workings of the mind on its nature from this perspective of esoteric philosophy is expressed by Alice Bailey in the book A Treatise on White Magic. And I quote here, there are three aspects of mind energy. The lower concrete mind called the chitta or mind stuff in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. The abstract mind or that aspect of the mind which related to the world of ideas and the intuition or pure reason, which is for man the highest aspect of the mentality. And in achieving mind control, the brain, which is a receiving agent, becomes the intelligent instrument of the mind the brain has to be become capable of illumination from the soul via the mind. And man has to learn through right decision and right use of the mind to solve his problems. And finally, through the right use of the mind, man can enter into the mind of God. Intelligence on its own is not enough. There must be love, wisdom, and intuitive insight. Thus, in the second stanza of the Great Invocation, love must stream forth into the hearts of men. And in the third stanza, purpose must be powered by the higher will, so that the plan of love and light can work out on earth. The highly developed human mind today can reach great heights, although is capable of evil too, when love is absent, as in the case of wars and conflicts, in the diversion of creative intelligence to the development and use of weapons and arms. To progress on the evolutionary journey through the labors, the tests and trials that faced Hercules, the developed human being must link the lower and higher aspects of mind and let in the light of the soul. The Tibetan master refers to this linking relation as intelligent mind. Although he usually uses the term higher mind to describe the soul, the son of mind, and the term abstract or pure mind to describe the principle of manas. Manas has been defined as intelligence, the higher human mind whose light or radiation links the monad for the lifetime to the mortal being. The mind being that mental faculty that distinguishes the human from the animal. It's interesting to note the emphasis placed on the illumined mind and the intuition in the statement right at the front of the Alice Bailey books, an important statement for the reader. I quote, the books that I have written are sent out with no claim for their acceptance. They may or may not be correct true and useful. It is for you to ascertain their truth by right practice and by the exercise of the intuition. If the teaching conveyed calls forth a response from the illumined mind of the worker in the world, 
and brings brings a flashing forth of his intuition then let that teaching be accepted but not otherwise if the statements meet with eventual corroboration or are deemed true under the test of the law of correspondences they're not as well and good but should this not be so let not the student accept what is said it is in the sign of aries the disciple must come forth from the plane of mind and rule the lower nature having built an imaginary bridge across the mental plane to the higher mind through the discipline of daily meditation study and service and in this regard we are encouraged by the thought that the imagination is described as the seed of the intuition which is said to guide all thinkers into new dimensions of thought the mind in its three aspects when it is aligned and in good working order can access the world of the intuition which has no separative tendencies whatsoever the intuition is entirely inclusive and when active brings identification with the life in all beings and in all of the life forms on the planet animal plant mineral and even possibly a faint sense of those great lives who inform the planets the solar system and beyond hercules who symbolizes both the individual and the world disciple is faced with his first test in Aries he must gain mental control Aries is the sign of the thinker and all beginnings originate on the mental plane and in the mind of the creator whether the creator is God or the soul of man in Aries Hercules has to capture the man-eating mares which were ravishing the land wreaking havoc and breathing wild and evil horses symbolically in human terms the brood mares represent thoughts that have to be brought into line through the right use of the mind the mind has great power can work creatively but wreak havoc havoc through ill-judged words gossip negative criticism and selfishness which has a great deal of relevance to our present world the chaotic circulation of illusion glamour and maya via the modern means of communication is very disturbing to the psyche because the atmosphere is polluted and although not visible to the eye can be felt nevertheless however the circulation of goodwill and creative thoughts is a blessing that counters this negativity going back to the first labor in aries for ages the brood bears of thought have been breathing war horses and through wrong thought wrong speech and erroneous ideas had been devastating the countryside it's of interest to consider the horse is a symbol in this high aspect of the intellect or intelligence and in the lower aspect of desires and passions the horse is a sensitive creature and needs careful handling it can rear up when fearful and lash out man too in his lower moments can lash out when the mind is not in line with the higher self 
This all goes to confirm that in the words of that great soul, Swami Vivekananda, we are what our thoughts have made us. So take care about what you think. Words are secondary. Thoughts live, they travel far. Although, of course, words also travel far these days. Hence, the keynote of the soul in Aries is to come forth from the plane of mind and rule and think using the higher mind. Rising above the personality keynote, which is, and the word said, let form again be sought. When the mind rules, the form or material nature becomes secondary and becomes an instrument for the energy of the soul, which is a wise and loving master, the Christ or soul principle. <coughs> this is the challenge that faces the fifth race. We shall now go into our meditation. Full moon approach to the hierarchy. Letting in the light. And the keynote is, as we've just said, discussed. I come forth and from the plane of mind, I rule. We will say together, group fusion, and the lower interlude, and finally the distribution, the great invocation. Letting in the light. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards a spiritual hierarchy of the planet. The planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. 
extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extra planetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. I come forth and from the plane of mind I rule.
Precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the world good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as a sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala hierarchy, the Christ, the new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world. Then final and the physical centers of distribution.
lower interlude. We focus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Together sound the affirmation. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men, 
let light descend on him. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Oh, Thank you, everyone, for your participation. The next meeting is the New Moon meeting by Zoom on the 19th of April, Wednesday time, 6.30 in the evening. And thereafter is the Wessac Festival of Taurus on Friday, the 5th of May at 6.30, which is a physical meeting in the Trust Library here, as well as a Zoom meeting. Where is it? Ah. It's changed. Has it? It's changed. It's six o'clock. It is six o'clock. Right. Six yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Six, which is the actual time. Yes. Okay. So it's six o'clock. The meeting and the actual full moon is six thirty-four BST. <laughs> That's right. Well, good evening, everyone. Thanks. Thank